0: All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. I am here with Pro Baller, Minnesotan, Iowa legend, uh, and now practically an Iceland native at this point. You're in your second sit over in Iceland, Hannah Cade. Hannah, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: You Hannah you are I we were sort of joking before we started you are like the epitome of how have I never had you on the show before how have I not heard of you before you you balled out for 4 years at Iowa State starting just like playing just monster minutes monster games like a beast in the midfield and then this you're now into your second stint over in Iceland and I know uh I know previously you were at Fromm and Reykjavik, and now you're at uh, Tindastoll. and I, I will admit, I'm not sure if you are going back to Reykjavik. I know a lot of the clubs are in that area, but talk about how you heard about this most recent opportunity, and sort of how you ended up um, back in Iceland.
1: Yeah, so last year, I was right in Reykjavik. I had absolutely great time. I played at the club. They were some of the nicest girls I've ever met. Some of just, you can just tell they love soccer, mm-hmm. and then my coach, I one of the best coaches I've ever had. And like, I loved my experience with him. He decided to go over to the men's side in Norway now, actually. So he put me in contact with my coach at my current club because he was the one that initially brought him over to Iceland in the first place.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So based off his word and just trusting him and his coaching, I decided to take a step and move up a level to the top of the first division and then come to this new club with this coach. That I heard all great things about.
0: Nice. So yeah, so Fram was in the second division in Iceland. And so now you're playing in the first. Yes. And So even now you have like legitimate Iceland connections that led you to this new club. How, but how did you, you know, way back when, when you first sort of um, got connected to the first opportunity, how did you first get connected to Fram and your first pro experience?
1: So I had, I graduated from Iowa State in 2020, right when COVID hit. So the opportunities at that time were a little bit minimal for players that had not already been overseas. And -hmm. so I had an agent at that time and I waited and trained and did everything and would check in. I felt annoying at the time, but just every single couple of weeks, I would just, Hey, anything, anything. And then finally come around to February of 2021. He had, he just called me and he said, how does Iceland sound? there's a coach that he's known for bringing clubs up to the next division. They bring them in when they want the team to get promoted and you want to go play for him. Yeah. And I just, I really couldn't say no. I was excited.
0: Well, and so you, you know, you had that stint over there and I, a lot of the times with these overseas opportunities, you know, a lot of the times the contract is for a portion of the season, you know, like you went yeah. over in the winter and probably, you know, sometimes the season runs the sort of spring fall calendar and you run the whole thing, but other times you're going and they're just paying to bring in internationals for either the Champions League run or the relegation Mm -hmm. fight or all these other things. And so for you, what was the experience when you got there, your first pro experience, you'd had this big gap from your college career because of COVID. What was the vibe when you got there in terms of just getting there and trying to be like, oh, this is what this is. I've never done this before.
1: Honestly, I had no expectation really going in. And so when I got there, I was just so excited and happy to be there. I was fortunate enough to be brought over for the whole entire season, which was great. So our season ran from um, early May to mid-September. Uh-huh. And I just went into training. I had a list of goals that I made for myself going in that I wanted to be able to accomplish. And I was able to do so for the most part. And I was that was basically it. <laughs>
0: Nice. Well, and you, you talked a little bit about sort of when you left college, the opportunities were down because of COVID. So clearly, you know, you had it in your mind, you wanted to go pro, but when, you know, when in your college career or even like youth and high school career, did you make that determination? Cause I think for a lot of players, it happens at different times. You know, it, it, maybe it happens once you get to like this power five D one and you can compete super well. And you're like, wait, if I can do this, Or a lot of players also, they get later in their college career and they're like, I can't be done. Like, I have to keep playing. For you, where was it in your career as a player where you said, maybe I could go pro?
1: Honestly, in high school, I had always been kind of thinking about, hey, like going over to Europe, that would be pretty cool. And having a lot of success and stuff Mm -hmm. throughout my senior year, especially, and then going into college just the whole time I was – like, I'm just going to go to Europe, like, I'll, I'll play a season, I'll be done, I'll get that experience, check it off the bucket list, but then once I got here, played my first um, season professionally, I said, oh, wait, like, I can't stop now, I had a moment of clarity, big talk with my mom, and, because I would like to go to medical school after this, and so I was like, all right, I'm on a timeline, and my mom just looked at me and told me, she was like, hey, she's like, who says that you have to follow that timeline, like, school's always gonna be here and in that moment I was like you're so right and so that was how I decided to continue and now I'm like all right I'm not gonna put a time stamp on when I'm gonna be done until my body tells me that (laughs) maybe it's time
0: you're in you're in good company anyway Hannah like Nadia Nadim just had like a great picture on social media where she's like literally wearing her stethoscope and white jacket there's there's so many this is like your story is just like so many players we have on here. So, like, un- so unbelievably high achieving. They want to go to PT school. They want to be, mm-hmm. you know, get some advanced degree. They want to go to medical school, like, all of those things. Just yesterday, Mark did an interview with, you know, Christelle, who's going to be a dentist. Yes. You know, all of these just like badass women who are just want to do everything. And so you can, yeah, keep playing. And then maybe you'll just have random, like, you'll find some online medical school. Who knows? We, <laughs> we can find some version. Maybe. Of
1: it everything's
0: right now <laughs> yeah, 100%. well and so you know now this is your second sin in iceland you're practically mm-hmm. a local over there you've had the full experience of being over there for months and months and for those who haven't seen it you have your really great you know iceland only insta account <laughs> yes we're just super cool landscape and nature and stuff that we just don't have in minnesota like tons of the the hot mm-hmm. spring stuff the geologic stuff the you know, the really cool aspects of sort of living in such a unique, unique place like Iceland. Um, So what's it been like as a place to live? I mean, you, you know, just aside from the soccer, you know, you said part of it is I'm going to go overseas, I'm going to live there, have the experience. So for you, what's it been like just as like a a resident, like living in this different place?
1: I have absolutely loved it. It is honestly one of the safest places ever like coming from america that was a huge adjustment because all of a sudden i'm walking down the street like car doors are just open the cars are on no one's doing anything like when i came over in the summer last year the spring and summer it's daylight 24 hours basically so like you're walking outside at midnight or practice is finishing up at like 10 p.m and you feel like it's noon because you're just daylight sun's Right. right in there but it's been so great and all of the nature that's here like you could drive especially out of Reykjavik just drive 15 minutes outside and you see a waterfall Or you drive right like a couple hours and you're just seeing all of these beautiful things that you just it's hard to get back home
0: yeah well and you and so you were in Reykjavik last year What, which mm-hmm. part of the country are you in now or are you still in that general area or which part of the country are you in
1: so I'm, I'm about three hours north of Reykjavik now so now I'm really on the water and really up in the mountains and it's totally different climate than down in Reykjavik but it's absolutely beautiful now you just walk. I just look out my bedroom window and I see the field on one side and then I see mountains and ocean on the other side and that's just breathtaking really.
0: Yeah. So how big of a town is it like what's 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 your town name and how big like what's the what's it's the called, vibe?
1: It's called Seder Croker
0: uh-huh. and
1: it's the second biggest town in North, or second biggest city in North Iceland, and it has about just under, like, 3,000 residents, so it's yeah, quite I small. <laughs> I'm in a small town now, for sure. Is
0: this, So is there, like, is there a bar? Like, do you have, you know, if you had to have celebration after a huge win, is there, like, a place to go, like, get champagne or do something like that?
1: Oh, there are, in fact, two. 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 One is very new, yes. Big two. town, big town.
0: You could do a hop. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: 100%. Precisely.
1: Walk across the field in the process to get to, between the two,
0: yep. There you There's go. A
1: couple of restaurants, a hotel, yeah. So
0: you're, I feel like every single picture of you, Hannah, is you look like the sweetest person on the entire face of the earth. So I think you and I probably have slightly different uh, uses for bars. I think you probably, <laughs> I don't know that you... You are doing a ton of just like dive bar are hopping. So maybe, maybe the new one's a little cuter and maybe it's the box. Nice you know,
1: I always say you got to work hard, play hard, have oh. all the fun, you know?
0: Okay. Well, now you're, <laughs> throwing, now you're throwing down. <laughs> That's good. So we, we joked a little bit before we started that Iceland really, especially the last couple of years, has sort of become. Mm-hmm. Like the place where so many Americans or or even internationals in general
1: yeah. seem
0: to get one of their first professional opportunities. And I I don't know if it's that teams are generally a lot more open or more proactive or the fact that it's, you know, maybe the English speaking side, maybe the fact that it's not that far. The fact right. that it's kind of cool, like I don't know how, how those factor in for everybody, but. It feels like I've seen dozens of player announcements just in the last couple months where Americans mm-hmm. are going over there, either the first or second division. Even even Minnesotans, like Mimi Iden has mm-hmm. gone over there. Annie Williams has gone over there mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Simone Kalander, a fellow yeah. Lake Miller, right? Are you a Lake yes? A yes, fellow I am. Was over there. Um, and so with you, you know, especially your last stint, but even now are you constantly just running into other Americans? So first, you know, are there other internationals on your squad? But then also when you play games, are there just sort of always other random Americans where you're like, oh, you played it. Oh, I I think we played against each other. Like, does that actually happen?
1: Yeah. So the transfer window in Iceland is a little bit different than other countries, which is a lot more amenable to the collegiate season in the United States. So I think that plays a big role in like people being able to come here. But yeah, especially last year down in Reykjavik, because a lot of clubs are down there uh, throughout all the divisions. So I met so many Americans. And it's funny because you're on the field, you just listen to people talking and you can like hear like obviously the English, you hear the Americans. And then like after the game, you're like, hey, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Right. And last year, I actually in one of our preseason games, I met um, Maggie Smithers, Uh who had played at South Dakota State. Like we yep. were on the field and we we're going through like shaking hands or whatever. And I was like, Hey, where are you from? And she's like, Oh, I went to South Dakota state. And then we just bonded. Cause we're like, Oh, we played each other all four years of college. Oh, she knew a bunch of my high school teammates that played at South Dakota state. And just, right. it's a really small world.
0: Yeah. Maggie. And, well, and, and everyone and, just
1: conglomerates really.
0: <laughs> like, so it's, yeah. It's like a 200 person group chat over there. You're just like going crazy. But, yeah. Well and Hannah, I'm sure you watch every single episode of Equal Time. I'm I'm sure you do. I know you do. And so you you know that Maggie Smither is a is an Equal Time favorite. She's been on a couple of times. She's just yep. an absolute beast, such a shot stopper. Her save percentage yes. for her collegiate career was like literally like ninety-four. Like some just
1: Oh yeah, no. We hated playing against her. Hated <laughs> playing against her. She saved everything.
0: <laughs> We'd my-
1: love to play with her,
0: but <laughs> it'd be better to have you have her behind you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, for sure. Well, and so, you know, Hannah, you talked about you went in sort of thinking maybe you just play one year and then now you're in your second stint and also, you know, you went from second division to first and so you're getting a chance to challenge yourself. I mean, at this point in your career, you know, what are some of your goals um, in terms of playing professionally? You know, how are you thinking about that?
1: I definitely, I try to take it one season at a time Uh and just kind of in the moment, listen to your body, listen to your mind, keep Mm -hmm. all of that in line, which coming from college that was hard and I know I personally struggled with it along with a lot of other collegiate athletes like that's a very hard aspect mm-hmm. but here like just one game one practice like right now I'm just trying to play everything like it's gonna be my last because who knows when that's going to be right and I would hate to like think that I didn't put it all out there right but definitely going forward I would like to especially now I don't have my time limit <laughs> I would right. like to keep climbing and climbing and climbing and get to the highest level that I can get to like I think it'd be incredible to be able to play like Champions
0: League and go and,
1: and do all of that kind of stuff Even yeah. back to the US and played
0: yeah that is so cool I love that well I and I think you know the for a lot of players um if you don't have the right mindset it can be such a grind I mean you're making mm-hmm. you know way way below what you should be making as a player pay is just not cut right. up and so you know you're you're not making a lot of money um it's a grind, like you said, maybe you're living in a new place, which can be cool, but also comes with the stress of Mm -hmm. like, away from family, all those things. And so if you don't have sort of one of the three positive mindsets that are capable of keeping you in it, it can be such a grind. But the truth is, you know, folks like us, like hardcore soccer fans who want to elevate players like you, like you just made my day saying you want to keep playing, you want to keep climbing, because like, I we just desperately want to have players who keep who keep climbing. And that's why, you know, I just continually follow the folks like Molly Fiedler, Annie Williams, you like all these people who continue to keep at it because the opportunities are just getting cooler and cooler. And like you said, there's a chance you could come back and, you know, play back home or you could play in the Champions League. And so that's, I love that you're, you have those goals and because it's like, it's to just be able to keep playing soccer is just so, so cool.
1: It it really is like it's a, it's a job right now, but it doesn't feel like a job. Like right. I feel so fortunate to have gotten these opportunities, and I know a lot of people back home are like, "What?" Like I kind of wish I would have pursued that a little bit more. So you just kind of got to take that leap of faith and do it.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, we'll take a quick break now, Hannah, to just uh, let folks know this week's episode is brought to you by Pence Homes. You can see it on the scroll below. That's how professional we are. Hannah, you know that. Pence Homes is a real estate team with Kettle Williams. I personally have experience working with Nate and Lydia. They helped us sell our old home and move into a different home that I'm currently standing in right now. So it's an, an official endorsement. Um, Nate's been a supporter of local soccer for a long time, including as a uh, community owner of Minnesota Aurora. FC. Um, we also enjoyed my wife and I working with one of their preferred lenders, Angie Shear with Luminant Financing, her and all the women on her team were just super helpful. So if anyone watching or listening wants to buy a house, sell a house, needs to replace a furnace, do flooring, whatever, uh, go to PensHomes.com or check them out on Twitter. They're super active. Uh, you will, you will get a great response. And so, uh, Hannah, one other thing I was really curious about because, um, you know, from what I could gather and what I could uh, see about your game, I felt like I got sort of like a two-dimensional picture of who you are on the field, but also a lot of viewers, since we haven't highlighted you before, which is on us, probably don't know a ton about your game or sort of what kind of player you are on the field. So, you know, if some random team was like, hey, Hannah, you know, like, Why, why should we bring you over if you had to just like actually sell your game? And, and I have to remind you, this is a humble free zone. So you have to, you have to actually brag up and sell your game. Cause this is an all hype zone. And so if you had to describe your game, you know, how would you describe sort of the role you like to play and what you do best and all that stuff?
1: Well, I definitely like playing in the middle of the field for sure, Uh but so I think that having like a polar monitor or one of the tracking devices on at all times would be, would show you everything you needed to know because I don't really stop running. Uh-huh. And a little bit all over doing that. I say hard worker. I uh-huh. just like to communicate a lot, try uh-huh. to connect the team. I like passing, moving, getting the ball back, just creating opportunities and helping calm things down a little bit right in the midfield I love when the ball's on the ground I'm yeah. a little vertically challenged love <laughs> love to do just tiki tack a little bit and give and goes all of that
0: yeah and so I I think you you largely play the six right like sort of either a true holding mid or maybe you're sort of like a you could probably handle playing the eight you could probably sneak up a little bit but you largely play in that holding role
1: um so growing up largely in the the six but yeah. then ever since college and now and professionally usually the eight or ten yeah is more where I'll find myself
0: oh nice yeah. so did you when you were playing with from last year were you largely <laughs> playing more up the field like farther up like that
1: yes so both me and the fellow American that I was on from with we both played in the midfield and we played a little bit just yeah pendulum teeter-totter off of each other a little bit
0: uh-huh and you and you introduce this, so I, I will not be the one mm-hmm. this up. You said you're a little vertically challenged. I think you're like five, we're gonna. I'm gonna go with the higher number. I think I've heard yeah. you, like five three.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's give you or let's we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with five three. And so, for, especially for like a holding mid, even growing up playing mm-hmm. at holding mid at five three is probably kind of bonkers. And I know, you know, from the little reading I was able to do that I could find about you, you know, because this was a little while ago of you during mm-hmm. the recruitment. I know plenty of power fives were talking to you, you know, the Minnesota's, Wisconsin's of the world, but it mm-hmm. seemed like, at least what I saw what that was implied there is like, oh, maybe she's a little too small to play in central midfield or something was, so, you know, was that sort of a recurring conversation you kept having to have and sort of, is that what drew you to Iowa state? Cause they said, listen, you can play. And so we're going to have you play.
1: Um, that was definitely a big reason, but a lot of the schools that I did talk to, mm-hmm. no one had much of a problem with it which right. I was very fortunate right to have experienced and then I thought that in that whole process just the more games that those coaches had watched mm-hmm. the more that they learned like hey maybe this is okay right and that like listen you don't have to be the biggest the tallest right. to be able to play in that position in that formation and so right. it wasn't as much of a struggle as I initially thought it was going to be I think uh-huh. coming over professionally that it turned into a little bit more of that,-. Uh-huh. That being said, I everything was through my agent. and so no one like the coaches don't directly come and talk
0: right to me about it. right. So, yeah. so you, had, you had a little bit of insulation from it. if they if they kept if they kept bitching about it, you didn't have to hear about it. exactly. well, and you and so when you went over there, you know, especially because mm-hmm. you got used to playing in Iowa State, and I haven't watched a ton of Iowa State, but I do generally know the big 12 is sort of known yeah. to be uh, uh, you know even more bruising than the big 10 and i think the big 10 is yeah. being bruising and so you go from being a small player but one who's playing in sort of an absurdly physical like conference and then now you're over playing pro what were some of those big changes you had to make or some you know some um, the biggest things you had to adapt to sort of going from The big 12 which is maybe the most stereotypical American like American to then going and playing in a in a European professional setting
1: honestly they it was kind of a welcome relief (laughs) my body didn't absolutely hurt after every single game there were some big hits that are put in in the big 12 for sure but it was really nice to come over here and be able to like they play a very specific style of soccer. They keep the ball on the ground. They pass it around. They keep possession. They have technical abilities. It's soccer. It's very pretty style of soccer. No matter what level you're at, there's not as much boot ball as right does get a little bit bootball ball as well as the like Big Ten. Yeah, but I think that we're transitioning into trying to keep possession in those for sure. Mm-hmm. But here it's just it's all about possession. You're not putting in these absolutely huge massive hits on people and getting praise for that you're trying to play soccer
0: right you're you're trying to like play soccer soccer yeah i usually the way i describe it to someone if they don't watch college soccer specifically Mm -hmm. like women's d1 college soccer is what i you know see the most of is like probably a third of all like d1 women's soccer programs are either playing straight up like actually actively fouling you almost every minute of every game Mm -hmm. or like they're only parking the bus or you know like it's just when you play Nebraska this is what you're gonna get like when you play um you know when you play Omaha like this is what you're gonna get like when 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 the Gophers played uh you know Drake
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's like you're gonna be getting fouled you are gonna be getting hit It is. And so it's kind of like, as you watch it, it's almost visually sometimes frustrating of like, I just want to sing. I just want to sing. And so did, so when you got over there, you Mm -hmm. know, folks have did the Icelandic players or the non-American players sort of have an idea, like a stereotype that they thought you would fulfill for them. Like, did they expect you to be a certain way or did you being sort of a, um, a slighter, you know, shorter player and not some bruising five ten holding mid, did they not project that onto you, or did they put some American stereotypes on you?
1: I think they put maybe a little bit, but not too awful much. And I mean, my situation was a little bit different because, again, the other American that was brought over with me, we were of the same stature, same body type. Like, right. we looked similar. Like, there wasn't anything necessarily physically intimidating about us. But then when we got on the field, it was totally different. Uh-huh. We were both putting in hits that you, we would put in an American college, and people were flying. And we're like, "Oh, whoa! We've not been able to do this before and have that kind of success on it."
0: Right. But you're like, you're yeah, like, so. you're like, "Oh, I'm the rugged one here." <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm like, look, I'm five ten, I'm doing great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh my god, I'm literally Julie Ertz in this league, I'm, <laughs> I'm bossing people.
1: For sure, but that it's okay. That was my always my favorite compliment is people were always like, "Oh." I didn't realize you were as short as you were.
0: <laughs> like you,
1: you don't play like that. You don't look right. like that. You don't carry yourself that way. So, right.
0: like that—that—that's happened to me for sure. When you watch from like mm-hmm. the top of a stadium, if you watch a game, yeah. you sort of project people's size based on what, how they play the game. You know, so even if someone's yeah. tall, if they don't really use their frame, you yeah. think of them as sort of like wispy and small. You know, because they're not—they're not using. You know, they're not protecting the ball. They're not sort of holding people off. But if right. you're small and you play big, you know, it's the it's the inverse for sure. Well, and aside from soccer, you know, you go over there, you're, I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, Americans that these Icelandic players have met or these coaches have met, but mm-hmm. what are some of the funniest or strangest or most random conversations you had to have where they're like asking you about America or asking you about Iowa or some random thing like that?
1: Oh, the distances in America really get to, people here because you can basically around the whole country I think when we looked it up last year it's like this basically the size of Kentucky uh-huh it's what like the country just square footage wise is and so there I had some teammates that their significant other was going over to school right outside Chicago and she was like oh I'm gonna I'm looking at an au pair job in Kansas City <laughs> she was like so I'll be in America and I was like we got to look at her. We're like, that's really not that close. Like you got to make sure you have a car. If you're doing that, you're still about eight, eight or so hours away. Like (laughs) we would have to pull up maps for people and draw out about how far like California and New York were. Right. And just all of these things that just wasn't, I mean, you're not from America so we take it for granted that we know that those places are a good distance. You can't just drive 15 minutes and be there.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And on the flip side, you know, you grew up in Minnesota, you go to college in Iowa, which to any other person in the rest of the world is the same place, you know, like it's the same.
1: Exactly. And,
0: and, and probably rightfully is basically the same, the same, same vibe. And so for you, what are some flip side things where you go over there and it's just sort of like either a fun or an interesting or some, some random thing where you're like, oh, sure. I guess it is different.
1: Just even culturally here, it's a little bit different. Like, in America, everything's very fast-paced, very on top of it. Mm-hmm. Almost the whole country of America seems a little more Type A than over here, whereas it's a little bit slower. People are a little bit they're lax. Just, it seems lax, but they're just doing it on their own time. Like they're more,
0: they're more chill. Show
1: up, yeah, they show up ten minutes late to practice. It's a normal thing. You can't get mad at them because it's the culture. You're, whereas we're all there thirty minutes early. Like where, <laughs> where is everyone? Right. Like I remember. The, i didn't have a car at first for my first couple of weeks here Mm -hmm. and so i would just walk from my apartment two miles to training and i'd get there like a half hour early just Uh doing stuff and all the girls would show up five minutes before training they're like wait did you walk how long have you been here and i'm like of course i did like uh, how else was i supposed to get here (laughs) just kind of of learning that they're just a little bit more relaxed
0: right right well and is it is it even more relaxed out in your new you know, the new town now where it's this tiny town where, you know, maybe like everything is way more low key or is that kind of the same? in, in It's,
1: it's pretty similar okay. color, in my experience so far.
0: Okay. And you honestly, I didn't think of this when you first mentioned it, but what's the stadium like if you're in that small of a town, what's like, what's the, you've been in, you know, you went to a power five, like big yeah. 12 institution. You're used to some pretty legit facilities what's the stadium like even just in terms of like size you know like general scale
1: yeah oh i wish it was daylight so i could show you because you can see it from the kitchen where i'm sitting oh, nice. <laughs> it's very dark so it's like the pitch is absolutely amazing like it's still turf nice. but to the back and one side the mountains like you just see mountains straight behind it that's great. so pretty and then they just built stands this past year uh-huh. it only has stands on one side but then You kind of got to walk across a little bit of a field to get to it, but it's, it's basically like going out to a park or any of the nice, like turf high school stadiums almost, I would say a little bit more comparable to that, but I mean, it's, it's great. I, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Well, and you've had two different stints over there, obviously Mm -hmm. in the second division, but in a bigger city. So it's kind of like, you know, very different data points. And then now you're in the first division, but in a small town, Mm -hmm. um, What's, I mean, what's like the fan support like, or even like, you know, if you're in, I I guess in that small town, maybe you're sort of a little bit, occupy a little bit more of the conversation, but Mm -hmm. what's it like? Cause I know that when I've talked to players ranges so dramatically, like sometimes they, you know, have, you know, they have way fewer fans than in college just because maybe there's a lot going on and it's hard to cut through Mm -hmm. and whatever. But then, you know, maybe there's like five hardcore fans or something. What's So what's the vibe been like in these different stops in terms of like fan support or even just like random stuff like that?
1: I would say last year, especially, was I would say it was pretty similar to our college games, at least. And then this year, I mean, we've only had some preseason games, so there hasn't really been yeah. a lot of fans out there. But the towns are all so supportive everywhere I went, even last year in Reykjavik, like people would there weren't a ton of tourists over here yet so people would hear you talk and they'd be like oh like what are you doing here Uh like oh I'm playing football and they'd say where you're at and you'd say from and they'd be like oh yeah do you know so-and-so and so so, like everyone always knows someone on every team and then up here for sure it's since getting here I've learned it's a women's soccer town and a basketball town so like everyone knows people on the team or especially here since it's so small there's only five Americans in the whole town I think so like once I got here I was walking down the street trying to go to the bank and then everyone's just head out the window staring at you looking (laughs) to see who who's the new person
0: they like looking at they're looking at you like you're wearing like a literal cowboy hat like oh who's that American who's that girl over there
1: and odds are pretty high they probably know my name and I (laughs) would have no idea after two days of being here
0: (laughs) there's a few Americans living there who are who are the other internationals who are on your team this year
1: so there's two Americans, and one of them has been here. This is her fifth season. Her uh-huh. is Muriel, and she played at Virginia Tech. Okay. And it's from Virginia. And then Amber is from right outside San Diego and went uh-huh. to USD. And so she's in her third season here. So I'm the newbie coming in this year. Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, that's cool. And then is the is the basketball team, I'm assuming it's part of your same club, right? It's just the basketball yep. team under that club?
1: Yes. So everything in this town is under one club.
0: Yeah. Like, basically like
1: youth sports here if right. you're at like lakeville you have like the soccer club like the lakeville basketball lakeville, this uh-huh. hockey this that the other it's somewhere right. here so we have basketball and soccer and we have track yeah and i think that's it oh skiing I think yeah I was skiing too. <laughs> but yeah
0: nice well and uh, o- only one last question you know related to your your iceland your dedicated iceland insta feed with all of the the great content over there you know, a key staple of some of those pictures are when when your family comes over and does the visit and you have you have a younger sister who plays at Bemidji State. I yes, believe, I do. I believe I'm getting that right. Is it Maggie? Yeah.
1: Yes, Maggie.
0: So You are you are, you know, a couple of soccer sisters as we are. We regularly highlight uh, random sets of, of sisters on the show. But you you all might be spread out enough that you didn't really play together, right?
1: I was a senior in high school when she was a freshman.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, you're closer than so, yeah. I yeah. yep. So
1: we're three years,
0: yes. Nice. Well, and so I, I imagine now, because I think I first honestly, this is this is sort of silly. I think the first time I became aware of you is when you liked some Bemidji state related tweets that Equal Time was doing. Oh, I, was like, yes. okay. I was like, wait a second, who is this? And and that's how I first you first got on our radar. So are you tracking it? Are you giving tips? Are you like, how are you weighing in as like big oh.
1: Oh, I would never give tips unless I was asked to give tips about it. <laughs> we know each other well enough for that. But I absolutely have loved now that the roles are reversed. And like when I got home, I got to go to so many of her games and watch their historic run. Like I got to fly out to their um, their quarterfinal game. I was out in Michigan, like watching oh, them. Were? It was yeah, my dad and I flew out, and it was just been so much fun to see her be so successful and be part of such a successful program with coaches that ha- hold so firm to their values and just value all of their players. Like I um, couldn't be happier than my sister, my little sister somewhere like that.
0: This is now I'm, now I'm devastated. I wish I would have known you were going, we could have had you be an equal time correspondent on the ground. <laughs> I, Mark had a broken ankle in the fall and he covers all oh, that no. stuff. But for the conference championship game, we grew up near Bemidji. And so we drove up at our folks. And then I covered the game at the BSU stadium where it was just like snow. And all of these players were just rocking like no tights, no sleep, maybe gloves. Like they were just these bonkers like warrior, like princesses of just like wonder out there. Just just killing it. And, and I was,
1: tough. <laughs> I
0: was in cold, my boots and snow pants, and I'm like, I'm too soft for this. They are right much grittier than me. But you, yeah, that Michigan game was pretty wild. Just a historic run mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, we're we're rocking the the beat oh yes view right here for sure. I
1: definitely noticed that. yeah.
0: Yeah. This um, Well, Hannah, this is so cool. And so, you know, in general, if folks are trying to follow the club, I find it very interesting to try and figure out how to, you know, keep track of when games are going on or how players are doing or watching games. Is there a way that you, you know, is there a best piece of advice you can give followers of the show um, if they want to follow you over there? Is there any chance to maybe watch streams or even just track stats? What's the best thing for folks to do?
1: So there's a website called ksi.is that mm-hmm. you can see everything about Iceland on it too. And after this, I'll for sure send you the um, Instagram link to like the our club team and all that stuff. Yeah. But we're, and we're definitely trying to get streams up, but it was a little bit windy for one of our games and the VO camera took a tumble from pretty high. So hopefully it's fixed before season starts in May. <laughs> that,
0: is, that is real. That is real. Yeah. And so The you- wins
1: are no joke here. <laughs>
0: I believe it. well and, and speaking of that one thing that Annie Williams mentioned I think maybe forever ago like three appearances ago for her at this point was when she was over there there's a team that's out on an island you know Iceland is obviously yes. an island but then a small island where you take a, a ferry huge ferry mm-hmm. ride hours long yeah. ferry ride and will you be making that trip Hannah potentially okay I might
1: play them in a cup game but okay. yeah
0: if and if that happens then I will get in touch with you. We will need to do some fairy related content. We will find Oh for <laughs> sure. <laughs> we will find a way. Definitely. Well, that's great Hannah. Thank you so much for joining us. Hannah Cade, former all everything as a youth player in Minnesota, crushed it at Iowa State as a central midfielder, now playing overseas in her second stint in the Icelandic Pro Leagues. Thanks so much for joining us, Hannah.
1: Thank you again so much for having me.